everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service, you're in complete control of your own podcast, you can run it from your own website, and it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. My guest today is the author of the Sean McPherson series. And while Sue Grafton has her had her alphabet series, uh, this author has picked one letter and stuck with it, the letter I. All the books in the series have one-word titles that start with I, which I think is really kind of cool. <laughs> the latest one released is Impervious, and uh, the next one will be called Iniquity. It's my pleasure to have with me today Lori Buchanan. Hi, Lori. How are you doing today? Hi, Debbie. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Um, the last time you were here, your first book was out, right? Indelible? Yes. yes. And that established the uh, story of Sean McPherson. Yes. Who uh, works at this uh, this uh, kind of like a, a place where writers retreats are held. Exactly. Pines and Quill is a writing retreat in the Pacific Northwest and now by by Iniquity, which comes out this April. It's a premiere now. It has had so many people and now there's this huge waiting list and you need to be you know, background checked and so on and so forth because some murders have taken place there. And um, some from without and some from within. So they're being more than cautious and uh, they've got uh, their, the neighboring can see when, you know, first responders come, oh, oh, what's going on there? There's paramedics, there's police, there's whatever it is. And then the news crews come over. So we've, we've gotten now pretty far into the story. So book four, Iniquity, comes out in April. And I just, book five is with the publisher. I just finished writing book six. It went to the beta readers and I'm now starting Insidious book seven. Oh my goodness. Yes. Boy. I'm I'm on a, I'm on a nine book contract right now. It's, it went from one to three to five to seven to nine, and I suspect it will grow. Good heavens. Nine books. Well, this is very interesting because uh, you have anticipated a few of my questions already. <laughs> well, we can talk about that, though. Boy, nine books. Um, how has the story of Sean McPherson developed over time so far? 
So we've gotten now where there's three very close friends, uh, private investigator, Sean McPherson, one of his two best friends, homicide detective Joe Bingham, and then his other best friend, Sean Rafferty. So they call they because there's two Sean's, they go by their last Mick. Sean McPherson goes by Mick. Sean Rafferty goes by Rafferty, and he's an FBI special agent. And the three of them work together very well. Two of them, the homicide detective and the FBI special agent, they have constraints, bureaucratic constraints. You know, there's some things they cannot do because they are law enforcement agents. And because Sean is a PI, he's uh, in the state of Washington, he carries a gun. Um, he doesn't have bureaucracy to answer to. He doesn't break the law, but he doesn't have the same constraints. So the three of them can get places and accomplish things that they wouldn't be able to do if they were all just police or all just FBI. So they've got this three thing going on. Um, now, where I'm at in the story, um, Sean McPherson, and in, in fact, Impervious, which is the one that we're talking about today, Sean, Mick, and Emma get married. They go to New Orleans, which is a destination location for weddings, and horrific things happen there. And somebody who is near and dear to the reader's hearts while they're there dies in San Francisco, which, which stops the honeymoon. And Sean leaves. Uh, um, Emma, his, his brand new bride, stays for a different reason. Um, and things happen. And you can see the front cover here is a swamp and it's an alligator infested swamp and and things take place. It does have a very New Orleans vibe to it or a Louisiana yes. vibe. A Louisiana, absolutely. Yeah. I can practically picture, um, what is that movie? Um, oh, the one with, um, the one that takes place in the swamps of Louisiana. It's really uh, scary at, at parts. Um, I'm thinking of dueling banjos, and I know that's not, not that it. one. It, it's the <laughs> other one with Powers Booth. Oh, it's I don't just know. eluding me. Uh, it's great. It's a great movie. That, that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know. I'll, I'll think of the name eventually, probably yes. after this is over. Yes. <laughs> Anybody who loves movies probably is saying the name and saying, yeah, they're shouting it out. One. Yes. <laughs> um, your book descriptions always seem to mention the occupations of various characters who are at the retreat to write. Um, how do you decide what your ensemble characters are going to do for a living? So that's a great question. And in fact, I just for book seven, I had to create, I had to give birth to the four writers in residence that will be there. And I always want them to be something interesting, somebody who would actually be writing a book. So I just created um, one of them is a stand-up comedian. Her book is, I always get to come up with their titles too. That's hard. You know how hard it is to come up for your own title. It's equally hard. Hers is called Unzipping My Unzipping My Genes in Public, a humorous look at genealogy and genetics. One is a former nun, and hers is called Out of Habit, a memoir. One is Sarah Tedesco. She's an advocate for human rights, and she's a well-known author. She's in a wheelchair, and hers is, she's continuing a series called In Cahoots for children, for so that kids in a wheelchair with prosthetics 
don't uh, succumb to bullying and they feel proud of themselves. And the final one is Jane Allen. She's a New York Times bestselling author who you will find out doesn't rewrite her own books. She goes to writing retreats and murders someone there and steals their manuscripts and pawns them off as her own. So we've got those. So it's fun for me to be able to come up with these characters and the titles of their books, making sure that they don't already exist out on Amazon or anywhere. Uh -huh. And, you know, you know, who are they? What, you know, where could they be coming from? How can I use them in the book? And so when every time I write a book, um, I have to write the entire book around the, that one I word that's four syllables long. So we have um, indelible in iconoclast, impervious, iniquity, illusionist, um, uh, I just, I just turned it in. Hold on. Let me, uh, I'm cheating here. Illusionist, innocuous, and now I'm writing insidious. So it is, uh, you know, a, a lot of thought has to go around writing around one word writing around the meaning of that word, what negative thing can take place around that word. And of course, when you write crime thrillers, as you as you know, um, what does the the protagonist have to lose? You you have to have what does the protagonist has to lose? And so as I write my character Bible for each of these things, also for them, and it may not ever appear in the story, what is their secret that they don't want anybody to find out? Because that's how they approach life. That's the set of lenses they look through. And it, it may, again, never be something that the reader finds out, but it, I write around that secret and that I word. That's fantastic. That's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, you're kind of a natural for adaptation to television frankly yeah. wouldn't that be fun wouldn't that be fun <laughs> wouldn't that be fun she said with a smile <laughs> hmm. uh do you have a well you have a plan for how the stories are going to go obviously because you're all the way up to book what, I'm seven seven yes lord do you have an idea of where you're going to go with eight and nine well i i i won't write this one i would love to indigenous in the Pacific Northwest, there are reservations and so forth. But I, because I'm not Native American, I wouldn't want to step, somebody else can write that book. But I am going to write Iditarod, which takes place in the month of March up in Alaska. I'm going to go do a lot of research for that. I'm also going to write Imitation. That's one of them that's coming down the line. That's going to involve Sean McPherson's mom, who's who's in her 70s, and uh, and she's retired FBI. Um, so she's she she knows exactly what she's doing, and and something. Um, horrific will be happening. So I now, as you know, writing the mystery series that you, the McRae mysteries, um, you have to be able to drop breadcrumbs previously and follow them up. I'm not a huge fan of red herrings. I don't trick the readers. I don't want to say, well, um, 
you know, ha ha, I, I want to have viable breadcrumbs that, that if they've been reading the series, they're like, oh my gosh, that's right. That happened. You know, they saw this in the morgue when they opened that drawer and there was the diver in that suit and he had this Russian blade and blah, 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 blah. Uh, So it's a, it's something I can build on, but you have to have enough of an idea. I never know how any of the books is going to end. Haven't a clue. Have I, I just know the direction I'm going and I use my character Bible as my compass. That's my true north and I just follow it. Um, but I know enough that if I'm going to be writing this, I better be dropping these hints now. If I'm going to, you know, do, I, I better do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you want something to happen, say in book eight, right. And plant a seed for it in book three, you need that that Bible to kind of create that link. <laughs> ex ex exactly, and I do I do have a guy in a drawer that you know the they took the 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 wet wetsuit off of, and there was a particular tattoo uh, fastened to him with a belt. Was this particular knife? Someone had died from a knife with the same you know jiggy jags kind of a thing with a Russian blade with with the manufacturer and. Um, you you've got to be able to to speak with authentically with with whatever weapons you're using whatever fight scenes and you have to plot it out and that's that's half the fun I don't know if you're like me I don't I don't sleep well because my mind is busy I'm very I mean I lay there with my eyes closed and I'm not wiggling around but I'm busy. And if I think of something, I, I always keep my phone on the nightstand and I'll pick it up and I'll say to, you know, Lori, uh, don't forget this. Remember that. Hey, this is a good idea. Or check this. What about that? Remember those those spies in World War II? What was that thing that they called? They had a fake tooth, their back, upper, uh, upper left back quadrant. They would remove the tooth put in there a pill that if they got caught, they could knock that tooth out with their tongue, bite into it and die. What was that really called? And what was in it? Would would the morgue pick that up if they weren't looking? Would the ME be able to pick that up if they weren't looking for it? And you've got to be able to, to do this. I get to talk with, I have talked with um, MEs with psychologists, with psychiatrists, with the SWAT team here in in Boise, Idaho. I've gotten to let me see here where I thank people. Um, I've gotten to talk to a detective in the major crime units. I've gotten to talk. I've gotten to go to the crime lab here. Forensic pathologist. I've talked with a private investigator, Dickie Floyd. He writes the detective novels. Uh, forensic psychologist, a chief public defender. I mean, I go and I ask for their time and they're happy. No one has ever told me no, because they, they're going to get thanked back here. And they give me the lowdown. How would you, how would you do this? How could that happen? How, you know, and I ask and I ask and I ask, and they're so gracious and they step up to the plate and they say this is what you happen this is most likely the weapon that they would use and in response this is what we would do and and it's really fun mm -hmm. yeah sounds like you do a lot of primary research I do how much time do you spend on research and how do you organize your research so I'm I'm very organized. Almost everything for me, I keep on my laptop. I'm I'm not a messy person. I'm I dot my eyes, I cross my T's. I don't have 
a bunch of stuff. I work with an almost blank desk. I get my research done in advance. So when I get on my laptop, all of the tabs are closed. I don't have Google open. I don't have Facebook open. My phone is in a drawer in airplane mode. I just power through it. At three o'clock, I stop. Doesn't matter what's going on, what's happening. I get up at four. I, I walk uh, six miles a day, three two-mile increments. So I get my walking done. I put a headlamp on. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. It's very dark at that time of morning. I take my dog and we go, come back, butt in chair. I use the big method, butt in chair. And I write, 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 stop two more miles, come back, butt in chair, write, 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 write. And I end my day at three o'clock, two more miles, I'm done. And I, I just, I'm done. My brain is mush. Wow. Well, that's very uh, diligent. And an excellent routine. I got to say, walking is great. It is. It, it, it stirs because you've got your your pot is simmering on the back burner of your brain and it, it helps you drop things off that you don't need. Think of things that you need. And, you know, I have, like I said, a nine book contract. My publisher, Spark Press, could let me go at any time, just like our, our contracts are written where I could let them go. If I don't hit certain bars, they can let me go. Effective August 1st of this year, I no longer have Pacific Group West as my distributor. It's Simon & Schuster. That raised mm -hmm. the bar like you can't believe. So the book oh, that's believe. coming out, oh yeah, I <laughs> went out and studied their catalog. The uh, What we had had, we have these, these uh, like blueprints that we work with. And this is what I envisioned for my cover. This is, you know, how I want my pages laid out, blah, 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 blah. Well, Simon Schuster, I had to Simon and Schusterize the yes. it, from iniquity on. I thought I was done, and I still needed to write because I have to hit a target of a, re, a book release every April, and it's not easy. It, it sounds like oh, I just sit down and it flows out of my head. No, that's not true. That doesn't happen. I mm -hmm. bang it out of my head. So I had to back up and Simon and Schusterize all of this stuff that takes place, you know, on the back of, of, of a book, you've got your, what we've always called hook in the past. They call it a keynote. It has to be 250 characters, not words, including spaces and periods and commas and everything. No longer, no more. And this is what it must contain. It cannot, it cannot recreate anything down here. And then this is this many words with this many spaces and it must contain. And that is, just that was an amazing feat now moving forward it won't be hard but I had to re-up several books for mm -hmm. that and but it's an exciting thing what it what a great reason <laughs> I have to do this because of Simon and Schuster well I like having that problem <laughs> <laughs> can't say I blame you I I can see the benefits yeah um how would you describe your writing in terms of subgenre is it thriller suspense mystery it is a, a little of each, but it's it's mostly thriller. I I you know on my bookmarks it, it's you know the Sean McPherson crime thrillers, but it does contain mystery. It does contain suspense, uh, almost from the get go. In in any book, it it it's very Alfred Hitchcockian in that. Remember he he puts the bomb under the table, and and the the people in the audience get to see that. But the characters don't know. The the movie stars on the screen don't know. So that's where the suspense come in. Right from the get-go in my books, almost within the first chapter, you know who the bad guy or gal is. You know, but the other characters in the book don't. 
That's mm -hmm. what makes it suspenseful. So the, the reader's going, don't go into the forest. No, don't go into the garage. Don't go, don't go in the kitchen, no matter what you do, because you, the reader knows what's going on, but the characters in the book don't. And that's a, an Alfred Hitchcock method. And that's what makes it suspenseful. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. What do you think has been the most effective way that you connect with your readers? Two ways for me. Um, I'm very interactive with readers on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I just recently left Twitter. I left 12,000 people behind, but I wasn't excited to stay there anymore. So I, I get a lot done there. I live very close to Boise State University. I get invited to speak there a lot. When I speak, then I get readers. Um, I belong to the Blackbird Writers. I get to, to do stuff with them. I get readers. Then I get to interact with them. I do book signings. I get to go to, my stories take place. They pivot from the Fairhaven Historic District in Bellevue, in Be uh, Bellingham, Washington. I go there. I do a book launch at Village Books and I get to meet people and talk with people. So um, connecting. So for me, social media is social. I, if somebody says something, I respond. I would never not respond. Um, and, and I have an, a newsletter and I have a blog and that type of thing. So it is responding to people who reach out and say, you know, will you, will you talk with my book club? Will you zoom in? We're in Maryland. Would you, would you zoom it? Sure. I will. Sure. I will. So it is, it is that for me, social media, I get to get to, uh, talk with people there. I see you all the time out on Instagram. I think you see me back. I'm yes. out there quite often. I like to take pictures. I take my own pictures and then I, I get them out there and that that spurs conversation. Yes. Yeah. I, I like taking pictures too, actually. I've really gotten into photography lately. Yes. <laughs> it's enjoyable. Um. If your books were adapted into a series for television, say, who could you picture playing the lead characters? Um, Henry Cavill for Sean McPherson, hmm. for sure. And I'm going to not think of her name. She's just lovely. She was in Superman and she was um, the sidekick gal. She has red hair and I cannot think of her name, but that's who... That is who I would pick for uh, Sean and Emma. I can't think of her name. I'll think of it later, like when you think of the Powers Booth movie. Yeah, that Powers person. Booth movie. It's still eluding <laughs> me. I, I can, I can... And I can't think of this person's name either. Hmm. Oh, gosh. I hate when that happens. I know. <laughs> What insights or advice would you offer to anyone who's interested in writing for a living? The most important thing is to show up. The second most important thing is to be concise. And the third most important thing is to be consistent. You don't show up every other day or every other week. You show up every day you're concise nobody we live in that time now in the in the, our place in the world now our time in history is sound bites 
Nobody wants to, you've got to pare it down. You can write it, you know, blah, 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 and then just get it down to blah. And then consistency. Those are the three, show up, be concise, be consistent. And what are you actually writing right now? What are you working on? Because I know you've got plans for books in the future, but what book are you actually working on right now? I'm actually writing book number seven. I just wrote the first paragraph of the prologue for it. Sean Rafferty walks through the doors of Maine State Prison. I won't tell you why and how, how, how has that made him feel? What, what is he seeing? What is he smelling? What is that doing to his breathing? That is, and I won't tell you why he's there, but he's there for a really darn good reason. And um, literally I wrote, before I got on with you, I wrote that first paragraph and it took me a long time. You know, when you out the gate, you better have that first sentence better be extraordinary. And that first paragraph better support it. And then I went and I said to my husband, Len, what do you think about this as an opener? And he said, I would only change one word. And instead of a uh, thud, I would say clang. Other than that, mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Very good. Well, it sounds like you have your work cut out for you uh, in between Simon and Schusterizing <laughs> and uh, just coming up with all of these plots. Yeah, I really have to say, uh, well done. Thank Way you. To go. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Uh, just a reminder to the the listeners that I'm doing a giveaway if they get on your blog site on your on your you know the the crime cafe and they go to the little piece that I put out there where they get to read a chapter of impervious um they can also there's one two three instructions I can't remember what they are but if they go there they'll see one two three instructions to enter the giveaway and then I will sign a copy put a bookmark in it and mail it to that and this is for a U.S. residence well that's a deal and a half right there right there <laughs> well thank you so much for spending time with us today thank you thank you for having me I enjoyed talking with you it was great to see you again you too. Thank you. Sure thing. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, everybody, uh, please leave a review. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like the uh, video if you would like to enter the contest for that giveaway that Lori just described for a copy of Impervious, signed by the author. Just um, follow her instructions after you like the video. And check us out on Patreon also, where I have book reviews, excerpts from my work, and bonus episodes that are just pure fun, basically. Um, on that note, I'll see you next time when our guest will be Ted Flanagan. Thanks for listening, take care, and happy reading.